This series called Creed, uh, I have been thinking about this for, uh, for several months uh, leading up to 2019. Um, I, uh, I have been taking you through several key characters in God's word for the past year and a half. And so as we have looked at these characters, we have realized in their stories, we have realized that they have all been pointing to Jesus. And we actually went through that through Constructing Christmas series and how all of the characters and all of their stories have been pointing to one key character and that is Christ, the Son of God. And so... As we have uh, seen that, and we walk through constructing Christmas, Jesus born of, of a virgin, uh, one, God's one and only son. He came and, and lived the sinless life. He, he died on the cross. He was, uh, rose victoriously from the grave after three days to beat uh, death, hell, and the grave. And he did that for you and for me. And he uh, did that out of love. And so we believe that. And for those of you in this room who have accepted that message, for those of you in this room who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and if you have invited him into your life, then that is something that you have believed. You believe that Jesus came. You have believed, and you also have confessed that Jesus is Lord and, and invite him into your life and be Lord of your life. And so you approach him sort of as a childlike faith. Even if you're an adult, it takes a childlike faith. And just a little side note, adults in the room here, if, you, if you're trying to approach God to, to where you can understand him first before, before you uh, step off that ledge and, and, and dive right in to accepting Christ and what he did for you, you're never gonna, you're never gonna get there. Because let me tell you what, you don't, you don't choose the Lord with your head, you choose the Lord with your heart. We'll get into more of that a little bit later. But if you have accepted Christ, you have approached him as a childlike faith. And so, but, but the problem is in this world, especially the world we're living in right now, our culture is always trying to fight against that. Now, I've got some boxing gloves here and obviously a punching bag, you know, and, and uh, we've got... We got somebody in our church, Joe Salvatore, who's a who's a boxing phenom, and uh, he set all this stuff up for me. And I'm not sure. I took a boxing class for like 30 minutes, and uh, he showed me a, a few a thing or two. But you know, this world and the culture, it's always hitting at us, and it's always hitting at our faith, and and it's trying to. It's making us draw a line, a clear line of where we stand. And when we don't draw that clear line, we're not really living out the Christian faith. And so I, I as a pastor, I get so tired of seeing believers get knocked down time and time again, get their faith beaten up, a black eye in their faith, because of what this world throws at them, because of what this world uh, 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 tries to tempt them. And so when you and I come to faith in Jesus Christ, we have that belief, but that belief is being challenged every day. So if you're a believer, 
if you accept Christ as Savior, uh, then you're, you're having those, those struggles. I don't care where, what, you, what you do. If you fight traffic, <laughs> you, you, uh, you're, being, you're being beat up by your faith. If you, if you uh, have a job, you're beat up by your faith. Kids, students, if you go to school, your, your faith is being challenged, okay? Um, some of you with kind of those, those weird uncles, you know, uh, who challenge your faith. I mean, you, you are constantly being challenged. Your faith is being challenged to the point to where you feel like you're just being punched time and time again. And what's eventually gonna happen is that you're gonna cave in to that and to where your faith is gonna feel like, man, I'm just tired of this. And so... I see so many believers who are falling away because they're tired of being punched all the time. And so we have to learn how to defend our faith. We need to learn how to defend our faith. And I, in, in, in our students, in, our, in our, um, this generation, I see that with no other group more than, than, than with those students. I see time and time again our students um, get beat up by their faith. It's almost to the point to where they're saying, well, what do I believe? How do I show what I believe? When I've got all of these things coming against me and I've got all of this confusion, all of these other thoughts coming at the culture, students, we get it, we understand. And so, what, what do we do? How do we understand? Because, you know, this book is really, really big. <laughs> now, we're walking through it in, in 2019, but it's really big. And so, as a student, and, and even as adults, it's, it's hard to understand everything on here. And let me tell you something. You're not going to understand everything in this book. And that's okay. But it's hard to defend your faith when you feel like, man, this, this is... This is really big. I, I, can't, I can't do this. So what is more of a, of a simpler way of doing this? So, so what should we believe? With so many questions, opinions, and interpretations among people today, even within the church, what should we all agree on as the essential Christian faith? You know, there are believers in church I'm not, I've never met anybody in this church, but there's believers in, in certain churches, and I have met some of them. They don't, they don't believe in the virgin birth. They believe in Jesus, but they don't believe in the virgin birth. That's just one, one uh, major point of Christianity. And so you have all of this, this, this confusion coming at us. And so the thing we're gonna introduce is, um, and you may have seen this before, may have read it before, is a simple statement called the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed. We're gonna, we're gonna put it up on the, uh, on the screen. And so I, I'm gonna read this, and I want you to just follow along as we, um, as we go uh, through this. So let's start this off. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Or amen. That is what we call the Apostles' Creed. Now, the reason why it's good to have a creed is because it helps you to, it's, it's a great place um, for you to get to, to where you can understand just the basic fundamentals of Christianity, of your faith. Because again, it's hard to understand all of this. But it's much easier to go with that. Now understand this, the Apostle Creed, it's, it's not just a fabricated statement based upon men's thoughts. The Apostles' Creed, every single part of it comes from God's word. And so um, it's not like um, you're, you're memorizing something made by man, you're putting something to heart that is uh, put there by God and through his word. You know, so why should we use the Apostles' Creed? Why, why should we have this? Well, many people keep the parts of the Bible they like and then throw them away. So if you're only looking at parts of this uh, creed and you only like uh, parts of this and not all of it, then you're really not believing in the basic fundamentals of Christianity and what it means to live out our faith. In this, uh, in this culture where it's, where it's all about me, it's me-centered, there's so many believers and, and who are walking in this world who they, they like the Bible that's, that speaks to them, but then parts of the Bible that speaks against their lifestyle, they don't really like too much, so they push that away. The Apostles' Creed helps us to have a strong foundation. Um, the Creed reminds us that truth is not optional. Truth is not optional. You know, the creed has, the creed gives us boundaries. The Christian faith has boundaries. And, uh, and if we're not adhering to those boundaries, then we as Christians, are we truly living out the Christian life if we're constantly going outside of the boundaries of what it means to walk as a believer, as a true follower of Christ, to walk in faith? You're not a Christian if you live outside of those boundaries. Christianity has those boundaries. So what sort of a history of the Apostles' Creed? How did it happen? How did it come about? Well, the, the Apostles' Creed started off um, really with sort of a, uh, what is called a baptismal formula. So what they would do is they would ask certain questions before um, they would baptize people. And this is early, early, early church. And so they would, um, they would ask questions. It's kind of like when, when I baptize people, I ask questions. I ask questions such as, hey, do you believe that Jesus Christ is God's one and only son? They say, yes. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Yes. And uh, sometimes I'll ask, hey, have you asked Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins? Yes. And so, and I've actually baptized people on, on, the, on the spot, like uh, spontaneous baptisms, where they come 
and say, hey, I, I want to get baptized. I saw you baptize somebody else. I want to come be baptized. Well, I've got to ask a few questions, right? Because if not, they're just getting wet. I've got to ask some questions about what they believe. And so that's how the Apostles' Creed came about. They would ask questions like, hey, do you believe in God, the Father? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, one and only Son? Yes, I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes. Do you believe he was born of a virgin? Yes. Do you believe in yada, yada, yada? And so it started off as sort of a series of questions to new believers because they wanted to make sure they understand just the basics. They're not going to understand everything. Gosh, I mean, the Bible, they... The Bible was being written at the time. They didn't have this, you know? You know, at least the New Testament. And so they had to ask questions for people based upon the, um, the beliefs that the apostles were writing. Um, and so eventually that came out to be the Apostles' Creed. Um, but while we look through this Apostles' Creed, I do know this, and I want you to understand. It comes from God's word. God's word is first. We don't base our faith on any creed or statement of faith. We base our faith on God's word. God's word, every, every word that's in here. We don't take out the portions we don't like, we don't just look over the ones, the areas that we do like. We go by every word that's in the book. So when I teach about, when we go through this Apostles' Creed over the next few weeks, it's not something that, um, that we adhere to um, just in and of itself. It is a product of the word of God. It reflects the word of God. I've used this example in the past. It's kind of like the sun and the moon. The sun is the source of light. At night, the moon is a reflection of that greater light. So the Apostles' Creed is basically a reflection of what's in God's word. And so, um, so I wanna make sure you, you get that. Here's some, uh, here's some facts about the Apostles' Creed. Uh, scholars believe that the earliest form can be traced back to um, A.D. 120. It's about 120 years after Christ. Early church. Um, fact two. Second, it was not written by the apostles. It is called the Apostles' Creed because it reflects what the apostles taught. When I say apostles, I mean the, the original disciples. It, it summarizes apostolic doctrines. It summarizes what, what is in um, a God's word through that. And, and also what, what the Apostle Paul put through, which, some, which, which obviously he wrote most of the New Testament. Fact three, it is selective. So the creed touches on the central issues of the Christian faith, but there's uh, much it passes over. So there's nothing in the creed about Satan, angels, demons. There's not even anything in there about baptism, even though they, they, it was formed at baptism ceremonies. There was nothing in there about baptism. Now, if you, if you wanna know what, what we believe is a church, our, our full set of beliefs, you actually go to our website, lakepointonline.com, go to about who we are, and click on beliefs. And you're gonna uh, see, and you're gonna see scripture references of what 
we believe. But again, the Apostles' Creed is a, it's a foundation, it's a, it's a framework of the just basic essentials of what it means to be a believer. Now, you may be asking, Frank, so why, what does this have to do with me? Why, why do we, why do I have to sit here and watch you teach about the Apostles' Creed? What, how can I use it in my life? Well, let me tell you something. My, my answer to that is that you are what you believe. You are what you believe. And so, if you are what you believe, then a creed, which means belief, a creed is very important in your faith. If we look at uh, Romans uh, chapter one, verse 16, I've got, I'm only gonna turn to just a couple of passages of scripture as we just do this introduction to the series. But Romans 1, 16 says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is a power of God that brings salvation to everyone who, what? Believes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. It brings salvation to everyone who believes. Not who thinks, but who believes. In Romans 10, verses nine and 10, it says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So it is with, it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. You know, you don't, we don't believe we don't believe with just our mouth. There's a, there's a lot of people say, well, I, yeah, I, I believe in Jesus, but yet their life does not exemplify that. Just because you, you believe in Jesus doesn't mean your heart is following him. Your, there's a difference between your, between your head knowing something and your heart believing something. When your heart believes in something, it's, there's action that follows it. It's, there's, a strong, um, there's a strong action that comes from a belief. So it's not about knowing, okay? The Bible, in, in that passage, it, it, doesn't, you know, it doesn't say anything about knowing in your heart. See, believing in your heart. Believing leads to action. And when you believe in Jesus Christ, you will you will hopefully follow after him, accept him into your life. It's very similar to a marriage, okay? My heart believed in everything about my wife, and my wife's heart believed everything about, about me as well. And so our hearts came together, and so there was action that came out of that. The action was that we got married, I proposed, you know, she accepted, thank God, and then we got married, and, uh, you know, here we are. But also, you got to understand this, 
it's not just a one-time decision. You know, I, I, I made the decision to, um, to join with my wife in marriage in a ceremony. But I make that decision every day to join my wife in marriage in ceremony. That means I am serving her and leading her and loving her and making her beautiful. And she is serving me and trying to help me grow and trying to keep track of me and help me mature and all this kind of stuff, you know? So it's an everyday decision. So when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, yes, that is a, that is a one-time decision, yes, that moment, but it is also a decision that we make every day. You choose or not choose, not to choose, to live for Christ every day. So we have to come to this decision. Look, I'm going to live by, by the standards of Christ. I'm going to live what I believe every day. I'm gonna live like I believe. I'm going to live like I'm the husband of Susan Bennett. And there are things that I have to do to make sure that my heart is with her. Very, very similar. And so it's all about, you know, living your, um, your belief. And, and it's not about just things that, you know, things that you, uh, you just know or you just do. You know, this is what separates Christianity from all other moral religions. Moral religion says, okay, here's the bar, Here's a bar, we're gonna set it up high, good luck. And so you got people in other religions here, they're always trying to be the best that they can be and trying to reach that bar. And, and, and there's nothing in there about grace. Grace is what separates Christianity from everything else. And then, and, and obviously there's lots of things that separates Christianity from everything else, but also the power of God, the Holy Spirit coming into our life and helping us to live that life, helping us to be like Christ. So Christianity is, is not about something we have done, things that we're trying to reach, but it's a belief in what someone has done for us, and that is Christ laying down his life for us, and as we believe in him and follow after him and and uh, invite him into our life. So as we, as we walk down this, this, this creed, I, uh, I just read something, this Apostles' Creed. And so as we walk down, I'm, I'm, we're, we're gonna ask you next week to kind of read that with us. And, but, but Christians, Christians aren't saved through some sort of incantation. We're not saved by, by something that we just say, right? It, it, it's not about a magical you know, saying or, or a magical you know, prayer. If you just say these words together, then boom, you're a Christian. We, we, we don't believe in that. We believe that if you truly come before God the Father and say, God, I've sinned, I'm sorry, I confess my sin to you, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for me, and I believe that, that Jesus lived a sinless life, and he rose from the dead, and I believe that 
all my sins died with him. Even though I still sin today, there is forgiveness through Jesus. So come be Lord of my life. You know, just you know, something kind of like that. It's not, when we say the Apostles' Creed, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus. You know, it's not just sort of a, a, um, a hocus pocus kind of formula. We use it to help us to identify the foundations of our faith. So, when we talk about the word believe, I believe, what, what does that really, really, really mean? Because that's the two words, the two first words in this Apostles' Creed. I believe, not I know, there's a difference. Not I know, but I believe. And so what does that mean? One of the best examples I can, I can share, I can think of as I was crafting this message is, is a story of the incredible trapeze artist, Charles Blondin. Now, Charles Blondin was a French trapeze artist, high wire, tight rope artist. He would, he would travel around the, 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 the circus in, in Europe and beyond, and, and he would do all of these tight rope feats. Well, he came to the United States, and around 1859, he, he decided that he was going to tightrope across Niagara Falls. Now, I've never seen Niagara Falls. I've seen, like, you know, pictures of Niagara, videos of Niagara Falls. It's, from what I hear, it's almost like the Grand Canyon. It's hard to describe unless you're there. So I can just imagine walking a tightrope. And so this, this three-inch tightrope was stretched all the way across uh, Niagara Falls. And Charles Blondin put in the paper and, and he was going to walk across Niagara Falls. Unbelievable. And so he had thousands of people that showed up on the United States side and the Canada side and, and cheering on Charles Blondin. And he is, uh, he's walking uh, that tightrope and, and, and just suspense is, is, uh, is coming over the crowd just wondering if he's gonna fall to his death. And so he reaches the other side and everybody is cheering. Everybody's cheering like crazy. And then what does he do? He turns around after a little bit of a break. He turns around, he gets back and walks right across again. Everybody's like in uproar. Man, it's unbelievable. And then he, then he shares, hey, come back a few days later and I'm gonna do it again. And so not only do he, does, he do it, does he do it again, but he also... He goes across in, in many different ways. One time he walked at, like in a body, like in a sack, okay? And um, so one time he did it on stilts. Okay, picture that. Stilts, tightrope across Niagara Falls. It's unbelievable. Uh, one time he did it on a bicycle, a bicycle. One time he carried a little small stove, sat down on the tightrope, tight put a stove down, cooked an omelet, and ate it. I'm not making this up. I mean, it's unbelievable. And then one time, he, uh, he put a bunch of rocks in a, in a wheelbarrow, and he was going across in a wheelbarrow, and then he, he reached the other side, and then 
Everybody was obviously cheering and, and, and he had thousands of people come out every time he did this. Well, then he, he asked this question, do you think I can take this wheelbarrow and go across the tightrope with, with someone in the wheelbarrow? Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he dumped the rocks out and, and sat there. He's like, okay, who's, who's gonna be the volunteer? Who's gonna be the volunteer? No one volunteered. You know why? They knew that Charles Blondie can go across the tightrope. But they didn't believe. Because if they truly believed, what, what would they have done? They would have gotten in the wheelbarrow. They would have gotten in the wheelbarrow and they would have trusted him. Even though he had done it many times before on, on many different occasions in, with different apparatuses. But it's, it's that moment of belief. When you believe something, you get in the wheelbarrow. You make that decision. You make that decision. And so as, as Charles Blondin got into that, and as Charles Blondin made that opportunity for people to get in and they never got in, it makes me think, how many people in this world don't choose to get in to that wheelbarrow of faith? That wheelbarrow of faith that will take us, that will take you to a place you've never been before. Yeah, some will say it's dangerous. It may, it may hurt your reputation. And when you go to a restaurant, you're doing a Bible study and you have to put your Bible down on the, on the table and you see some friends there and yeah, may ruin your reputation. It may hurt your reputation. When, you, when you're at a friend's house and, and they're doing stuff you know you're not, they're, they're not supposed to be doing, you're not a part of that. You can either stay or you can leave, but because you're a follower of Christ, you leave. Why? Because it doesn't match up with your faith. It doesn't match up with your faith. And so, it, believing in the basic fundamentals of the Apostles' Creed, believing, meaning you're getting all in. You're in that wheelbarrow, and you're asking Jesus, take me across. I'm ready. I'm ready to go wherever you want to take me. You know, if you, uh, if you live your life like you believe that Jesus is who he said he is, then you, um, you'll reach that point that God wants to take you. You know, but if you don't live your life like you believe, you'll never get there. And what's really important is that if, if you don't believe in the basic fundamentals, how can you believe in certain areas in your life? If you don't believe in any parts of, of the basic fundamentals of the Christian faith, how can you believe that God can help you when you need it? Because I would dare say this, 
that if you don't live like you believe, you'll never believe that God can heal your marriage. If you don't live like you believe, you'll never believe that God can rescue you from your addictions. If you don't live like you believe, you'll never believe that God can give you a second, a third, a fourth chance. So I'm gonna encourage you. Live what you believe. What do you believe? Because guess what? The world is punching you left and right. They're hitting at you. You gotta know what you believe. You gotta say, this is what I believe and I'm going for it. Every part of it. And as I close, it's interesting to note that the Apostles' Creed, you know, it, it starts with I believe, not we believe. It's not we believe, it's I believe. The Apostles' Creed is personal. You know, there's no parent in here who can believe for their child. There's no wife in here who can believe for her husband. There is only a personal belief. I believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? If so, live like it. If you need some help with that, we're here to help. You know, you, you being here today, you coming around other Christians, you, you uh, continuing in your, growing in your faith and reading through God's word in 2019, and you are just strengthening that belief.